0: Welcome to episode number 90, Angels. I'm Damon Soka. Just a note before we get into the subject today, if you are enjoying these podcasts, could I ask that you place a link on your social media feeds or recommend it to someone? I personally would appreciate it very much. Now on to today's subject, Angels. Angels have a unique heritage in the Lord's Church. From the early days of antiquity, angels have visited various individuals from the ancient patriarchs and kings to prophets and women of faith. From time to time, they have also visited with individuals whose path, let's say, needed some correction. Angels have been the topic of stories about old misers who needed some perspective of the present, past, and future, such as in the classic Charles Dickens tale. And they have been the topic of elusive moments where intervention has been miraculous, such as pioneers looking back, to see who is pushing the cart. I think for most part, for the most part, angels are fascinating to the majority of us. At least the ones, the angels, who come in white clothing with heavenly messages. Now even the ones who don't appear visually to our eyes, but intervene to save life and to lift us out of the mire of mortality, are generally spoken of with awe and reverential tones. Now I will admit to having desired to see angels in my much younger days, in my youth. I probably would have settled for anything, maybe one of the three Nephites or John the Revelator or even Moroni, appearing as more a mortal than a glorious being, yet as far as I am fully aware, I have never encountered encountered an angel from the other side of the veil. And I have no doubt that my desires in my youth might have been more selfishly motivated by sign-seeking rather than a more truer intent. Now, you might be thinking, angels are actually a really good topic, but what do they have to do with our mental illness? My answer has to do with the family relationships and our parental responsibilities in mortality. I do not believe that the spirit world is far from us. In fact, I believe that it's here on this earth, and our family progenitors have a keen interest in our salvation. In point of fact, the priesthood responsibilities of our own parents, mother and father, and perhaps grandparents and great grandparents, do not end with death. They are still responsible for us. And even if you might consider your parents perhaps more likely living on the prison side of things in the spirit world, there is no doubt you have an ancestor who exists on the paradise side of things, who does hold the priesthood, and who is very concerned for you, your family, your children, and their salvation. I have a firm belief that our ancestors watch over us very carefully, Now they cannot go beyond the bounds of our agency but i firmly believe that they can come to our side when needed for a variety of reasons and this of course includes mental illness i don't believe that our two worlds are separated so significantly that we are really cut off from one another i also don't believe that in the guardian angel theory where someone from the other side is watching over you consistently and continually but i do fully believe that we are consistent that we are a consistent concern in the lives of those who have passed into the spirit world, and that many discussions are held on our behalf, and how best to help us in our efforts to attain eternal life, and to overcome the weaknesses we have been given. So you can begin to see why angels might be of incredible importance to those of us who suffer on a regular basis. Now, I briefly discussed the spirit world type of angels. There are at least three other types of angels we could discuss, and that are important to the discussion of mental illness. The first of these angels are spirits who have yet to come to this world. Basically, this is our family yet to be for generations. Well, I don't think anyone really knows if the spirit world of the dead is the same spirit world of those who will come to this earth, I do believe that those waiting to come to this earth have a keen interest in what is happening, and they are aware of us as their ancestors. Well, I do believe that they can visit the earth and provide help where needed, I am really not sure how often they are allowed to be here before being born. Now personally I have at least enough understanding and experiences to know that they can make contact with us when needed. Now I believe this is to be especially true for mothers whose responsibility it is to bring forth those spirits needing experience, bodies and of course the truths of the gospel. Now I believe that fathers can also be intimately involved depending upon the circumstances. What I do know is that they are very concerned for our spiritual welfare, in that, ultimately, their spiritual welfare is tied into ours. Now, most of my anecdotal evidence regarding these contacts come from my own limited experiences and those of people I personally know. However, there is really no doctrinal, scriptural evidence of such interactions, of course, unless you consider the temple and the knowledge we receive there. No matter the case... Whatever help they can offer, I believe that they do help, and while training for their earthly missions and learning, I'm sure that our lives are very much a part of their everyday discussions. While I don't really like to discuss this second type of angels in our lives, it is important that we at least understand who they are and what they attempt to accomplish with our mental illness, or through our mental illness. These are the angels who will not get a mortal body, having chosen not to receive one. They followed Lucifer when the alternate plan was brought forth, and they refused to repent after they followed. They rebelled, and with that rebellion came the punishment they knew was coming. Now, because misery loves company, and their only measure of happiness comes from suffering and misery of others, they spend an inordinate amount of time seeking our destruction and causing us to suffer as much as possible. From what little we know about them, other than their being our brothers and sisters, They have great allegiance to Lucifer, but it does appear that that allegiance is in varying degrees. Some are stronger and wield more power and ability to actively affect our lives, and some just want time in a mortal body. Now, I suppose that the differences found in the degrees of glory, the celestial, terrestrial, and telestial, are probably similar when you get to outer darkness. There's some type of divine differences on that side as well. No matter the case and what their punishment is or will be, they seek our destruction to a greater or lesser extent. Many, if not all of them, know us personally and intimately from our time with them in the premortal world. They are truly our brothers and sisters, and many of them fully understand our missions here upon this earth. While they have restrictions as far as our agency is concerned. They can have great influence in our lives, and this is very true when we are under the influence of an episode of mental illness. Now, when we consider our mental illness and angels in our lives, we certainly must consider the mortal angels on this earth. Angels are simply messengers sent by the Father to help us in our time of need. Now, I'm not sure that it matters all that much if they are mortal, immortal, or spirits. There is always a purpose to their visit and their messages to us. They come as directed by the Spirit and and, of course, the leadership to whom they answer, and based on their responsibilities. Now, I speak of the angels sent to help, not the ones to destroy, obviously. I would expect that the majority of the help we receive from angels comes from our own priesthood lineage, meaning that if I need help or comfort, guidance, and any type of support or direction, it is more likely to come through my ancestors, my family here on earth, or those who would be in my family in the future. It really only makes sense that this type of help remains within the priesthood family lines. Certainly help can and does come from outside of those priorities, such as our church family. But the question really does present itself as to what type of help can be provided by these visiting angels, especially those who are spirits rather than mortals. Now, I would expect that help to really fall into two categories. The first being comfort, strengthening, and perhaps praise, and the second being counsel, guidance. And occasionally a reprimand or two. Now, agency, agency that we possess on this earth requires that we ask for help from the Lord. Uh, the first reason is so that we can see the need in our own lives. The second is so that we know that we know the help when it comes from the Lord, that it came from the Lord, and three, so that the Lord does not violate our agency. The Lord cannot move forward with help for us unless we ask. That's part of the promise and also the bounds of agency. Agency absolutely requires it, and so does the, other, the entire spiritual realm. I don't think that it's a very difficult concept to understand why we need to ask in the agency sense. However, it is important to understand and to increase our faith in the Lord that we ask Him. Now, if the Lord were to provide help or aid, and we see that help as something we, we have done or provided then we have a serious problem with ourselves and the Lord. I can say that the more we do this selfishly, taking, taking our the Lord's perhaps gifts for granted, the less the Lord is likely to help us. The reason is simple. It creates faith in the wrong things and does not lead to celestial life. When we think that we have pulled our own selves up by our bootstraps without the Lord's help, When it is the Lord who has provided the help, our faith is centered upon ourselves and our own effort. And this leads away from the doctrine and a relationship with Christ. So the Lord cannot provide help when we will not acknowledge his efforts. Now, when we do ask the Father for help, and we do our part, then we have opened the doors for the Lord to provide us with that which will be of most benefit to us. Meaning, we open the powers of heaven with our prayer And then the Lord chooses what power is most appropriate and who would be the best to deliver it. This is where our angels come into play and also where the Lord has many options to meet our needs. The Lord generally does not rely upon just one option when we need help and ask. He may send the message to several angels and make sure that we obtain the response we need. Now, I admit that depending upon where the help is provided and its origin, we may not always recognize the answer and the response as coming from the Lord. The Lord really has the ability to see the end from the beginning, and He can prepare resources for our problems and concerns many years before we ask for them. Because they are prepared in small and simple ways over time, often many years ahead, we can see these blessings as just the normal occurrence of events, or perhaps a coincidence. However, in every case, they are blessings from the Lord that have been well planned and executed before we ever know that we need them. Now, just because something feels like a coincidence or comes in the normal course of life does not mean that the Lord has not sent angels to our side to prepare the way many years in advance. Now, often we think of angels or the Lord's aid as something grand with a proportional measure of the Spirit to identify the Lord's hand. We look more for the miraculous rather than the ordinary and a definitive intervention, rather than just a subtle cue. For the most part, the Lord is going to place people and events in your life that provide the needed aid in the normal course of your life events. Sure, He has the ability to intervene miraculously when necessary, but that is simply not the normal course of His work. If I were to think back over the many events in my life where coincidence might have been my thought, I have no doubt that there were planned events that they were planned events where the Lord intervened years in advance to bring me and those around me to a particular location and situation where we have interacted and found mutual benefit. If we think of the many times things like this happen in our lives, we are more apt to understand just how much the Lord works for us and how often He intervenes in our lives. Now, switching gears just a little, it's important to understand this darker side of the angels whom hover near us on a regular basis. Lucifer and his angels consistently wait for the opportunity to cause greater and, of course, further misery and ultimately to interrupt the Lord's planned efforts. I hope that you never fully understand the power these angels can have on individuals who allow them to fully influence them in their lives. To say that individuals overcome by Lucifer and his angels are blown about by every wind of mortal doctrine would be an understatement. That evil influence can grow to be far more than a few ear whisperings, truly binding the conscience and the actions of the person and really dragging them to places no one should ever go. When I have experienced mental illness, I am keenly aware that for some reason, Lucifer and his angels appear to have greater access to my mind and spiritual hearing in some senses. I am not entirely sure how this works or why, except I know that they have this access. Unfortunately, Lucifer's angels have their access during a time and place when the mind is vulnerable and depleted of defensive defensive forces during mental illness. And because mental illness is an overwhelming influence that lasts a significant period of time, those angels seem to have not only greater access, but greater access over a period of time. Defense from these angels over a short period of time can often be provided for, but the wearing down of those defenses over that period of time makes their power ever more pronounced. It is one reason why I personally know many who have left the church or who have made choices that have led to both physical and spiritual death. Resistance to these angels over an extended period of time, these evil angels, is very difficult. Perhaps one of the more difficult experiences in mortality, it has been for me in my life. I personally feel great mercy and compassion for those who suffer and make mistakes due to this increased access, because I know and I have felt this force and the breakdown of the defenses. Now, for whatever reason, I have been spared both spiritually and physically, but for many, that has not been the case. I fully believe that the Lord understands the added influence of these spirits and the role they play in mental illness, and that He will be very generous in His mercy to those who have fallen prey, both physically and spiritually. I think that for those who suffer, this should be a hopeful thought, that the Lord provides great mercies to those who must pass through this valley of the shadow of death. Now, I've never really told this particular experience to anyone, but when the Lord allowed my bipolar to be removed and for that eventual healing to come over the next few years, we actually, that Sunday, we had to travel home as I needed to be work on Monday. However, my sister, who has a rather relatively discerning spirit, noticed that a particular, that I had left behind, a rather infuriated angel in my parents' home that needed to be removed or cast out. Now, you can take that for what it is worth, but I was familiar with that particular angel as I had felt his influence on a number of occasions. He had tortured me for so long that when the illness was removed and he was removed, there was nothing left but pure hatred and anger for having to obey the voice of the Lord and to be removed from his devices. Now, this experience, among others, has convinced me fully that Lucifer and his angels have a particular access to us with the onset of mental illness. And that access feels real, and it often feels as though it might be our own voice. That we must be consistently vigilant during our illness, recognizing the influence and the voice of the evil one on our minds and hearts, is going to be critical to our spiritual success. I have never found this to be easily accomplished. For many years, I felt this depressive, worthless message of evil angels as something in my own heart, and I could not understand why I felt the way I did. However... The way I felt was as real as any other feeling, and it is beyond difficult not to give in to those voices that tell you just how worthless you are on any given day. There is also another principle that is important of the gospel that I have found that is actually comforting and valuable when it comes to angels. Lucifer cannot exercise more influence than the Spirit of the Lord, meaning that the influence of the Spirit must be equal or given equal access that is given to Lucifer. So while we might have terrible difficulties during our mental illness with Lucifer's access, Lucifer must give place for the spirit to have the same access. Thus, we have access to great power to heal, comfort, and provide for light and refreshing. This is why I asked for priesthood blessing so frequently from those around me. I needed to call upon the light to really chase away Lucifer's access so that I could personally rest a while and eventually fight again. Now, you have this same access through priesthood, blessings, and prayer to call upon this power, to fight for you and with you. Lucifer cannot overpower the spirit. He must be obedient. The rules to the powers of heaven are written in that manner. Lucifer must always give way to the light. Now, sometimes it takes more than a simple prayer to relieve oneself of the evil influence of these angels. If you remember in the scriptures, right after the Mount of Transfiguration where peter james and john received the priesthood keys of the presidency christ came christ and the presidency came down to a discussion with the remaining apostles and a group of individuals it appears that they had tried but failed to cast out an evil spirit from a young man and they really could not understand why and what i gather from this experience is that they had been able to cast out evil spirits before but in this case they were unable Now Christ lovingly admonished them and healed the boy. His admonishment described the very reason they could not cast out the spirit. Christ states, This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Meaning, this kind of powerful evil spirit would take more preparation and spiritual power than those that they had previously encountered. So sometimes we need to prepare ourselves for the blessings and for that light to enter. We need to do more our part, and those who bless us need to be more spiritually prepared for the light to enter and the help to come. When we talk about help from the Lord and those angels sent to minister, it is important to remember the story of the man trapped on the roof during a flood. He had prayed for the Lord to rescue him, and his answers came in a boat and in a helicopter. Mortals providing aid. When he finally died and asked the Lord why he had not come, of course, the Lord mentioned the boat and the helicopter. The moral of the story being that the Lord Himself does not generally come to rescue us. He sends messengers from both sides of the veil. I think that we would be shocked, and we will be shocked, just to see how much effort the Lord puts into our lives and the help that He sends and provides. I firmly believe that when the heavens are opened, with the books recorded, that we will will be reminded of those many instances and realize that the Lord never left us alone and in fact attended to us on a regular basis. Now finally, as I look to the scriptures for evidence of angels who supported us in our, who will support us or do support us in our suffering, I have to look to Gethsemane and the angel sent to strengthen Christ while he bore the sins and suffering of man. We know that the Lord had to complete the atonement without someone else bearing the load, but he did not have to carry that load without someone to comfort him while he did so. There will be times when we are, when we are asked to carry the load more upon our own backs than we would probably like to. But during those times, the Lord will always send the angel to comfort and strengthen us, that we can carry the load. I know that he sends angels on a regular basis, and those angels are beside us far more frequently than we realize. May the Lord bless you to see your angels and to see those things that they do and to be strengthened when you are weak. May you do your part so that the Lord can do his. Until next week.